Hello everyone. Let's have a moment of quiet as we pray together. Father God, open our eyes and ears that we might receive your word to us today. Amen. Well now, we continue in Paul's letter to the, these Christians in Philippi. And our heading today is God's workmanship. God's workmanship. And yes, that means you. The two words of this heading were first read by a group of Christians in the first century at Ephesus. We can read the full quote in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 10. It says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship. I read those words from Ephesians to start with because it sums up beautifully what this passage in Philippians is really all about. It's about God's gift of grace and our response of faith. This lies at the very heart of the Christian story and it's exactly what Paul is speaking about in our main reading today in his letter to those early believers in Philippi. He's delighted to be writing to his Gentile friends there. He wants to help because he knows that they're being troubled by some folk who are insisting that they should practice circumcision. As the church spread outwards from Jerusalem across the Roman world, many hundreds of Gentiles were putting their trust in Jesus, being baptised and forming new churches. The Jewish apostles back in Jerusalem had considered carefully how to welcome them. That's in Acts chapter 15. In their letter to Gentile churches, there are just a few practical instructions, but there is no requirement at all to practice circumcision. So, a little bit of background information here. In Old Testament times, circumcision had been the sign of belonging to God's covenant people, and as such, it was a cherished tradition. God's covenant promise from the days of Abraham onwards had been that he would be their God and they would be his people. Abraham was accepted by God not because of his own efforts, but because he trusted God. Circumcision was the sign of being a descendant of Abraham, and so being included in God's covenant promises. Now, however, Jesus had brought this covenant of grace to its fullest expression. God had always promised that one day, through Abraham's line, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Now, through Jesus, this becomes reality. The promise remains the same. I will be your God and you will be my people. But now it's for all people of all nations. Anyone who will trust in Jesus and accept God's invitation to be numbered among his followers. God's grace, that's his free gift, followed by the individual's response of faith, is how we become Jesus' people. Faith is still the key to entering God's family, but now it's to be clearly the faith of each person as an individual, freely trusting in Jesus their Saviour. This faith is what matters, 
and circumcision is therefore no longer a requirement for being part of God's people. Now Paul used to be proud of his religious achievements. He reminds the young church at Philippi that being part of Jesus' family is not dependent on circumcision or on any other outward practice. He goes on to say that he himself would have good reason to trust in such things. Once upon a time in his early life, Paul had thought that all these outward observances would make him acceptable to God. He had the right heritage, he was good at keeping the religious traditions, and when he thought these were being weakened by the early church, he zealously sought out Christians and had them imprisoned. Heritage and outward forms of worship and tradition were everything to him. But then he met the living Christ on the road to Damascus. You can read that uh, story in Acts chapter 9. This was a life-changing encounter. From Damascus onwards, Paul's world was turned upside down in a good way. Take a look at Philippians chapter 3 verses 7 to 9. Now Paul knows that Jesus is alive. Now he knows that he, Paul, could never put himself right with God. He could never earn his way into God's presence by just keeping the rules and religious traditions. Jesus is the one who puts him right with God and invites him into God's presence in this life and for all eternity, giving meaning to anything he may suffer for being a follower of Jesus. Have a look at chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. All that Paul thought he could earn by keeping the religious traditions, he found could only be his by the free gift, the grace of God. This is the free gift which God holds out to each of us. And like any gift, it only becomes ours if we will reach back and receive it. This we do as we put our trust in the Lord Jesus and all he has done for us in his death and resurrection. In other words, as we read earlier, by grace we are saved, through faith. Let's just take a look as we finish at the challenge of being honest with ourselves. I wonder... How good are you, in general, at receiving a gift? I discovered I could do this happily at Christmas, or when it was my birthday. However, a time came when I was recovering from major surgery, and for some time I was as weak as a kitten. My husband was taking very good care of me, but he had hurt his back. It was early summer, when the grass and the weeds were flourishing exuberantly in our small garden, as they do and neither of us could do anything about this. Then one day, completely out of the blue, a friend from church turned up at our front door, lawnmower in hand, saying, Would you like me to cut your grass? I should ask, uh, sorry, I should add that from the front of the house, she couldn't see the state of the lawn at the back, so she was not giving us a hint. I found everything in me in that moment wanted to say, Oh, thank you, but it's fine. We can manage. Thanks very much. 
I didn't say that because we truly could not do this for ourselves. So I gratefully accepted the kind offer and our friendship grew as a result. I'll never forget how much I wanted to say that we could do this for ourselves. But I had to be honest with myself and I knew we absolutely could not. In a similar way, Jesus challenges our self-sufficiency. Paul reminds us that we cannot earn our way into God's presence by our own efforts. We just cannot. What we can do, however, is accept by faith that Jesus opens the way. Indeed, he is the way home to God. When we lay down our self-sufficiency as we come before God, accepting his free gift of forgiveness and new life, then our relationship with him can grow and deepen and we, as his workmanship, can become all that he has made us to be. Amen. <laughs>